Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. It's the morning after the afternoon before and I'm joined by Ian and Ben to talk about a 2-0 home defeat to Notts County. Sorry to start on a bit of a downer, but how are we this morning, gentlemen? I feel like I've gone. I feel like I've gone eleven rounds with uh, Tyson Fury. Oh well, no, <laughs> you get better than some. Very topical <laughs> reference to start off the podcast. Yes, there you yeah. go. You're not lying on the floor. That's the best thing. Then I've slept on it, and I think I want another night to sleep on it. Maybe, but you don't get that. No, there's nope. too many. <laughs> no. And once lot. again, we didn't give the listeners uh, another night, did we? We were just straight in there. Disgraceful. So I'll blame myself for this one, whereas I blame Ian for the last one. Yeah, Coates is our new social media editor. <laughs> editor yeah. Head of social for the Glovers cast. <laughs> Good except, luck with except, that. Except Instagram. Yeah, except Instagram. I can't do pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Well, Ian, you're in the hot seat for this one. Um, because well, it sounds slightly warmer than the Tuesday night seat anyway. So, um, in, <laughs> yeah, in, in, terms warm, of, in terms of temperature, it looked like a glorious day to be yeah. at Hewish Park. If anything, uh, it was right. too hot. You know, when you go to a game, you think, oh, I'll take a coat because it'll chill, you know, it'll chill yeah. down. It just ended up being my coat. I may as well have taken a bag to put all my stuff in because my coat hung on the seat next to me. 
And uh, it was... Is it not full to see next year? <laughs> I was on my own. There's actually oh. uh, uh, one of the guys from the trust sent me a picture. It was like spotted and sent me a picture. And it's literally me surrounded by green and white seats. There you go. <laughs> well, it's nice to have company. Wow. Plastic supporters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, you're in the hot seat because you were the one uh, of the three of us who was there uh, for your sins, which yes. I don't know what you've done, but it must have been pretty bad. But yeah, I got two so go more. on then. Tell us, what did you think? Oh, I thought it was awful. <laughs> you said that about Tuesday, so uh, at Maidenhead. So. I think in the context of things, Maidenhead felt worse at the time because it was, they had 10 men for the last 20 minutes. They're... They weren't in form and they're, you know, really they're the type of team that we should be beating if, you know, we are what the owner and the players tell us we're going to be. When they sign and say there's no reason we can't reach the playoffs, etc., etc. Um, I think against Notts County, you know, they're a team that should be towards the top of the table. Uh, they're a good quality team. They had some good players. It's a nice, um, they had nice patterns of play, uh, but we just, all that defensive impetus that we showed against Halifax, that we probably showed against Stockport, not letting teams breathe on the ball, all that has gone. Um, we were passive. We were, we just let them knock it around and they, they sort of, they took risks. And they played the ball into spaces where our midfielders weren't willing to to do that. Really, um, they had some tricky players, and sort of everything that we saw from the first few games seems to have just gone. Um, don't know what we can put that down to. Probably, like, <laughs> feels odd, but probably the loss of Luke Wilkinson at the moment is the biggest thing that sort of affected us in that it's broken up that partnership between Gorman and Staunton that was sort of protecting the back line and we're now sort of chopping and changing things a bit which we didn't do at the start we sort of had a settled side and we're playing for each other and I'm not really sure why not really sure why we're doing that I don't know if the, the selection felt you know on Tuesday we played Mitch Rose say what you want about that decision if you're going to play Mitch Rose and you want him to play in centre midfield then he needs to play again the game after I don't think you you change it up if if you're going to persist with persist with it um yeah I think we were yeah the, the overall feeling was we were too passive we let them we let them have the ball and they had some Real quality up front. Rodriguez was a very, very good player. And Aaron Lemayne as well caused problems, particularly in the first half. He was really giving Moss trouble. And that was probably the first game where Moss has Moss has struggled and looked like he wasn't, you know, wasn't quite on it. He's been very impressive as a signing for us. But yeah, yesterday I think he got caught out. And Max Hunt as well on the first goal. They sort of just want, managed to wander past him, really, and put it away. I don't know if you've seen the goals. I don't know if they were they on BT Sport last night. Or I didn't see him. There's right. some bloody boxing match on instead. So, <laughs> yeah, um, the goal, the first goal, was sort of 
very easy. Just strolled past Hunt and took a left foot shot. I think it caught a little deflection. It wasn't, didn't look major from where I was, but I was sort of side on, so difficult to tell. And then the second goal was a free header from a corner, which, you know, those are unforgivable, really. He's not a sizable player, is he? Is he Rodriguez? I don't think so. Giving him a free he's, header from a corner. Well, I think it's a bit deceptive. He's quite tall. Is he? But he's long. <laughs> quite tall, but he's long. Yeah, he's got a bit of. He's he's not. He's long and skinny. Oh, okay, right. right. Yeah, but he was good. I thought Cal Roberts was good. It could have been four. He had a great chance in the second half where sort of looked like he got caught between what he wanted to do. He didn't know whether to put it across goal for a teammate or shoot. And then he sort of did both. But he was in after being set up by Rodriguez. That should have been a goal. Then they had an, they also had an opportunity in the first half where it was probably like four on three situation where they tried to just be a little bit too fancy. And we sort of recovered. But that could have been, you know, it could have easily been four yesterday. There's, there's, feels like there's quite a lot to unpack there. Um, but the, the couple of things that stand out for me was you referred to that Stockport game, and obviously Dave, you and I were there. And coming into this Notts County game, I had the same feeling as I had going into the Stockport game of there's no easy time to play a club like Notts County. There's no easy time to play a club like Stockport. They're full of quality players. You've name checked a couple. One of the uh, journalists on the press conference on Thursday name checked Ruben Rodriguez. I don't remember who that was. Do you, you can you remember who that? Might have been? Oh no, that's I right wouldn't call him a journalist, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the job title. Very modest, modest fellow. So yeah, whoever it is, whoever it is, he asked some wonderful questions. But he name checked Ruben Rodriguez. They had that. You know, Stockport had those players in in uh, Paddy Madden, in John Rooney. We did it a little bit to Halifax with Matty Warburton. Um, but Stockport went into the game full of this, full of quality, but bang out of form. Notts County had lost three on the spin, conceded seven in two. And did they start with a back three as well yesterday, Ian? No, it was a four. Was it a four? That, yeah. It sounded like a three at times on, on radio. Maybe I was sort of imagining things wrong. But the way we set up tactically against Stockport was that we knew where we were going to be strong and we knew where they were going to be strong and we nullified their strengths and, and we knew how we were going to be dangerous. And so I had that feeling of, this isn't going to be easy, but if I could pick a choose a time to play Notts County, it's when they've conceded seven, when defensively they're at sixes and sevens, when they're considering bringing out their 40-year-old assistant manager out of retirement to try and shore things up a bit and make their midfield a bit bitey. And we've laid down for them. We've yeah. laid down for them. We've not landed a shot. We've not landed, we've not landed a single shot until the 85th minute. We didn't get a corner the entire game. We've got reasonable set piece takers. We've got nine foot nine Max Hunt and Josh Staunton and players who can cause trouble at set pieces. Joe Quigley. We haven't got a single corner, not once have we managed to get to the byline and whip a crossing that's just knocked out harmlessly for a corner to be able to set and put together a set piece. That for me is, is pretty much unforgivable considering at Stockport, we rocked up there with the arrogance that said, actually, we're going to play a front four, stuff you. And we're going to get in behind and you're going to not like this one bit. And you're going to have to make first half substitutions. And you're going to have to take people off at halftime and change the way you do things. Away at Stockport. That is arrogant. That is ballsy. But then to do that in front of your home crowd against a side coming into things in a similar vein of form, respect their quality. Respect Ruben Rodriguez. Good player. Respect the main. Good player. Respect Wooten. O'Brien. Good experienced players. But give them hell. Get at them. Make them not want to 
think about you, make them worry about you the whole time? It sounds to me like we were, well, the manager himself said weak. We weren't making um, attacking threats at all. I, 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 the first time I realised who was playing centre-back for Knox County was when I looked at it this morning. Yeah, I didn't hear their name once. No, and he pretty much, um, Cameron, wasn't it? He pretty much had, he was almost like he was their, their Perlo. Like he, he was so not under pressure that he was able to like control things from the back for everyone else to then build, you know, build up the pitch. He was, yeah, he had, he had a very easy afternoon. Um, and that, and that has to be, that for me is unforgivable. And I, I, is it a tactics thing? I, I'm quite happy to shout out when things are tactically amazing. I called Darren Sahl a potential man of the match after Stockport, the podcast that he accidentally listened to, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> he would have loved that. I can't no wonder he's still talking to you after I'm going to say, yeah, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> if he's, if he's accidentally listened to this one, he's probably not going to be overly enamored by it all. Cause I think he tactically got yesterday completely and utterly wrong. He called his team like a mouth without teeth, which was quite a vivid uh, description, but I know what he's saying. Soft, <laughs> soft, dross, he was saying, but yeah. Well, Ian, tell me something, because uh, as we all know, I'm the tactical ignoramus amongst the, uh, amongst the three of us. But tell me what the difference between uh, Boreham Wood away, and I know Boreham, because even with 10 men away at Boreham Wood, I felt like we were still going for it. We were still attacking them. And Boreham Wood were a decent side. They were in a bit of form when, when, when we saw them. But we still carved out quite a number of chances. Okay, we didn't score any of them in the second half at Boreham Wood. What was the difference between what you saw Tuesday and Saturday versus that at Boreham Wood? What had, what had changed in that? I know I'm not a listener, so I shouldn't be asking questions. But You're allowed to. But I, uh, yeah. I don't... I don't know what's changed. I don't know. That's good. That's do you know? Sense. Do you know? <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like personnel-wise, not a lot's changed. No. We've signed a player. Yeah. Who we don't know, but has that unsettled things? Uh, which which one? Which player? Well, which the coach? Yeah, the controversial one. Like, it feels, I mean, this is total, absolute wild speculation, but we've taken out Jordan Barnett, who has been arguably one of our better players who's come in for Robinson, who I'm not, I don't know what he gives so far from the two games I've seen him. He's just, He's your bog standard left back. He's happy to sit there. He doesn't get forward like Barnett does. He's just Barnett's a Barnett's a rally the troops kind of guy. Yeah. When you're when you're nil nil, when you're one nil down and you've you've soaked up ten minutes of pressure, Barnett's gonna clatter somebody into row Z and yeah. he's gonna get the crowd going. And he's it's... gonna fist pump and he's gonna jump into the into the crowd when we score. Without... And against his old team yesterday as well. Uh, yeah, for me, for me, that's that's one of the things. When I said to you, when I said earlier that I think Darren Sahl got it tactically wrong, um, I think that was one of the big ones for me because it's not just that he's a, a, a rally crier. He's not just someone that gets people going. He had, and again, I can only really refer to the Stockport game. He had a wonderful working relationship with his winger, whoever it was, whether it was Knowles or Wakefield in front of him. 
he could get further forward and just gives that extra freedom. Tom Knowles hasn't got to put his head over his his shoulder to look where his fullback is because he's in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, it, he's it, gone on. And for me, that was just that attacking freedom that it offered you because you've got Phil and Grant sitting, you almost have four central defenders and your fullbacks are just told because Dan Moss did the same on the other side. Just crack on and just go. It's fine. Yeah. We've got two. We've essentially got four centre-backs in Gorman, Staunton, and then whoever the actual two centre-backs are. Bam, yeah. it gives you that freedom, gives you that outlet. I mean, and I'm it not... gives you that rally cry moment. And I, I, it feels like that was, it was missing. You need someone just to grab the game by the scruff of the neck or produce a moment. And Barnett's been that person. Robinson, he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll have a decent football career with him. But Barnett at the moment is, is without question, if he's fit, he should be playing for me. Yeah, he's not, he's not a bad, you know, Robinson is not a bad fullback. He's technically sound. You know, he's very capable, but he doesn't have that edge. He's beige, I would describe him as. He's a beige fullback. Um, and I'm not saying that Jordan Barnett is... <laughs> the reason we're not winning games is because we're not playing Jordan Barnett. But I question, has has something happened in the last couple of weeks since that Boreham Wood match that has changed the atmosphere? or Because like, it feels like a totally different... It feels like a totally different team on that pitch, even though it's pretty much the same personnel. Tom Knowles just Tom Knowles was hauled off at half time yesterday. He, you know, that's not the Tom Lo- Tom Knowles I fell in love with. <laughs> what have you changed, Tom? What have you done? Like it, heartbreaker. He's be- I mean, he's probably he's being asked to do a different job than he was last, the end of last season, but you know he he's not performing. Quigley, I know he, you know he scored a couple of goals, but the others were penalties. But he's a bit lost, um, isolated, not... lonely. Would you go with that front? He just doesn't like he's got anybody with him. Yeah, I think so. No, people. Yeah, the wingers didn't get near him, and as you know, as harsh as it sounds, Sonny's a bit of a passenger at the moment. He doesn't. We're not. We're not getting him on the ball. And when the ball does come near him, he's pushed off it by a bigger defender or a bigger midfielder. He's just not, I don't know, whether it's the way that we're set up doesn't allow him that freedom or I'm not sure. I texted you yesterday and said it was the most Darren Way-esque performance I've seen in that we were just knocking it down the channels and hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, And passing, you know. That's the most damning thing, isn't it? That's the most damning thing. And passing it to, you know, passing it to one player, but not really thinking, oh, what's that player going to be able to do with it once he's got the ball? It's like, oh, I'll pass it to him. Oh, shit, he's surrounded by three people, and now he can't do anything with it. There's no... Yeah, yeah, it was... <laughs> it was it was tough. Is it confidence? The manager obviously spoke after the uh, Tuesday night game about needing to be positive and uh, young players, you know, needing support and not feeling confident. Obviously, he was slightly more robust in his thoughts after the game. So that's that's fine. You can say those things. Yeah. But then he didn't use Adi Youssef at all, his most yeah. experienced front man. He brought, he brought Mitch Rose on late on in the game. Now, look, I've not had the chance to talk about Mitch Rose yet. I don't want him anywhere near my football club. That's fine. I don't want him anywhere near my football club. But apparently the manager does. Darren Sald does. 
He's got a wealth of footballing experience. He is, um, you know, he's used all these delightful phrases that he's a, he's, he's a leader. He's come in to help replace Wilkinson's leadership and all the rest of it. Well, why bring him on for, for 10, 15 minutes at the back end for Dale Gorman? Why not keep playing him? I don't want him anywhere near the football club. Let's get that completely straight. I don't want him anywhere near. And as soon as his month's up, I want him gone. ASAP. But if you've got, if you, the manager's clearly happy to use him, the manager isn't worried about the off the field stuff and wants to help him sort of go through that. Um, but he's not being used. And he's brought Del Gorman off to, yeah, it, it seems strange for me. I think personally, I think um, maybe we'll touch on it and, and how the, the Altrium lineup looks because we'll talk about the, the fact that he said he's going to make changes. He's going to try and shuffle the pack a bit. Um, so maybe we'll talk about it. But for me, you've got to go back to, to the things that gave you that freedom to be attacking against Halifax, to be attacking against Stockport, to have a go. And that was just freeing up, you know, your attacking players to have have the freedom of Hewish Park and just say go. Um, so, I, think, yeah. I think that substitution was pretty damning that we were 1-0 down at that time and we took off Gorman, who's Gorman, is a safe player, but I would say he's of him and Worthington. He's the more forward-thinking than Worthington is. Um, I think to take him off and bring on a defensive midfielder rather than bring on Ada Yusuf. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I heard it. Why is he? Was, why is he bringing him on? Yeah, yeah. what's he going to uh, give you going forward? And we brought, you know, we brought Ben Seymour on, and yeah. again, we we were brighter. He had a he had a decent chance. He had the type of chance Reese Murphy would have scored. Um, I think he's, you know, he he was a bright spark when he came on, but at one nil down to bring on a defensive midfielder was shocking. Like I and I think Gorman was all right. He didn't. There was no injury. There was no real. Issues there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was it was not the change that I thought we needed, and that was our last sub as well. But yeah. he, that was the last one. We had no other thing options, and it was kept the same. We didn't change shape. We didn't try anything differently. Like I think if you you know if you make a change where you bring on a striker, and then so you've got Quigley, Seymour, and you've got Yusuf on the pitch as well as Charlie Wakefield and um, Dion Pereira, you've then, at least it looks like, you're throwing everything at it to try and get a result here. But what did we like... have to lose at that point? What did yeah. we have to lose? Well, yeah. <clears throat> not a lot, not a lot. And I think, you know, we, we should probably talk about Pereira as well because he showed, he was another player who was probably, you know, he, he came out with a little bit of credit he showed some nice little touches. He was forward thinking, but it didn't look like we played to his strengths. I'd like to see him in behind Quigley. I'd like to see him close together. Our best real opportunity in the first half came from them having a little bit of a one-two and a, couldn't quite get a shot off, but he's got something about him. Wears his socks low like Neufeld as well, so there's that. You'd play him centrally rather than on the wing. Yeah. I think I would. I think oh, either him or Knowles needs needs to be in behind Joe Quigley at the moment because that area of the pitch is just pointless. Now yeah. there's there's no real there's there's nothing being created for them. 
So based on what you said there, can I ask you a question? Do we think Sonny's time is up? Because I thought yesterday, after the Stockport game, we spoke about how he looked decent at Stockport because he was surrounded by players who maybe, you know, were the same technical ability as him. And I thought when I heard... um, Paul, not Pete, from the um, Not County podcast. Sorry, Paul. Um, it, talk about them as the Manchester City of the National League. I did think to myself that um, that's this. Maybe this is a game for Sonny. You know, maybe it is a game where he's he's got those kind of uh, opposing players who might give him the chance to be the player that we know he can be. But didn't sound like he did have. So I just wonder. What is he going to bring to us? Is he on a season-long loan or is it till January? January, isn't it? Half season, yeah. Yeah, we don't do anything. Any don't have any long-term planning, do we? So it must be January. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not convinced. No. For the same reason that we were unwilling to play Gabby Rogers in games because we thought he was a bit lightweight, and I would say that. Gabby Rogers had more about him physically than Sonny does. Like I think it's yeah. This is you know when we signed players like we were talking about this last night. You know when we signed players like Stephen Colker mm-hmm. and we signed players like um Liam Walsh and those players who come in at 17, 18 and they look like they've been playing men's football forever. They are just sort of ready and they are the complete package. Um, He's not that. He is not that. No. And, you know, when we've <clears throat> had young players before, the, the manager's always said how, you know, he needs experience and he doesn't like to put young players in these games if they're not particularly ready. But... We're we're doing it now, and you know this is this is another thing that he keeps saying. Now we all wanted a young team, yeah, yeah. Which I don't remember demanding a young team, and I don't. Uh, there, there, now, now there were a lot of people who talked about, oh, you know, the aging Charlie Lee and Carl Dickinson, and oh, we got a bunch of pensioners. And if you go on Facebook, there were there were people who were saying that that was yeah. not. We all wanted a young team. That no. to me is code for in the press conference that. Ben was at asking his fantastic questions. He, uh, yeah, he, um, he said, and I think he said this to you actually, Ben, the manager. He said, "Let's not beat around the bush about it." When he was talking about play, and then didn't say what he meant. What he clearly meant was, "We've got no money. We've got no money, so we're having to buy all these kids." That's what he meant. We've got no money. We've got no one who's interested in investing any money. We're borrowing money hand over fist, and we've got no one who's, uh, you know, we're we're, we're not. We've got nothing to do anything with it. That is what Darren Sell didn't want to beat around the bush about, but then didn't say. That's the reason, isn't it? That's the reason why we're not bringing yeah. in these players. Yeah, I don't think anyone thought. Let's, you know, we put a poll out yeah. about the older players, didn't we? About who? Yeah. Well, it was Jimmy Smith and Charlie Lee, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And. I think people we wanted, said they wanted both. <laughs> yeah, and some people said they wanted just Jimmy Smith. And I don't think we expected the mass exodus in the way that it happened in losing Dicko, Dagnall, um, Charlie Lee, Jimmy Smith, yeah. Reese Murphy, Lee yeah. Collins passing away, 
you know, that was a hell of a lot to lose. And I'm not saying that we wanted all of those players, but they were obviously on football league wages from when we came down. And it is abundantly clear that we've not got that level of finance, that level of player at the moment. Just to, just to bring it back to Sonny then, I keep thinking to myself that this loan deal is going to really, really benefit Sonny. He's going to go back to Watford and be a darn sight better player because he'll have learned about real football. He'll have learned about Jim O'Brien booting him up in the air and defenders <laughs> giving him half a second and he'll, he'll grow as a result of this. That doesn't benefit Yeovil one iota. Benefits Sonny Blue Low Everton a load. And he will go on. I'm telling you now, he's going to be one of those players that comes back on loan for a championship club and scores against us in the FA Cup in about three or four years' time. Absolutely nailed on. He will go on and have a really good career, Sonny Blue Low Everton. And we will look back on him and go, oh, yeah, we had him for a bit, didn't we? Daniel Johnson <laughs> up at Preston. Oh, yeah, we had him, didn't we? Oh, yeah, he was all right. He was a bit, he was a bit weedy. He was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to be one of those. He really is. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Sonny Blue Lover, and he's going to learn a darn sight from this loan spell. We're just not going to benefit from it, I think. And, and that's horrible to say. Um, but I think he's going to be a much, much better player. And I've got, you know, I, there's, for me, there's a wider conversation about the loans. I don't know if we had any questions, but we've got a player in Alex Bradley who last season was pretty good. Yep. You know, and I, I thought he was one of our, you know, he's one of the players that we've signed who looks like he might go somewhere and, and be a, a, a good asset for us. But Little gets injured. We bring in a loan rather than, I know he, he had COVID, didn't he? So he, he wasn't back because of that. But it feels like now we've put all our eggs in the Dan Moss basket and... Alex Bradley's being left to the side, but he's a contracted player. And I think it goes for the same on the other side in Jordan Barnett's a contracted player. And now we're prioritizing Jack Robinson over it. And that, that is a concern for me because we've got seven loans and contracted players who aren't even in the match day squad. It's not unheard of for loan players to have it written or to have gentlemen's agreement that they play. Yeah. It's not unheard of. We've had it at the, at the club here in the past. We've had it. Um, Shane Duffy had to play regardless if he was fit. He had to play. doesn't matter. Um, Ishmael Miller was another one at that time. They had to play. It was written in their contracts that they, they had to play form. doesn't matter. Um, it's not unheard of. It does happen. It is sometimes written down. It is sometimes wink, wink, nod, nod. Yes, you can have this player at a reduced rate, but they start every game. If that's a, a, applied to Moss or Robinson, then maybe that could be part of the reason. Um, I, I don't have a problem with Moss at all. I don't really have much of a problem with Robinson, but I, I do agree with you that, I, I yeah, to not even have Alex Bradley on the bench yesterday was strange. We've gone from a period of having four subs game one to having players that you go, you've left him out, completely out. Very, very odd. So, um, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I, maybe this is sort of the link forward to the talk about Altrium, but he said he's going to ring changes. In terms of the <laughs> be more Barrett here, but if you had to if you had to keep three or four from that team, because we can probably only, you know, we're not gonna make eleven changes, are we? We're gonna make three or four changes. So who who were the guys that came out of that game yesterday with any credit 
that you are absolutely nailing on to the team sheet come Tuesday night, Ian? Um, Josh Staunton. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he got sponsors man of the match two games in a row, which just goes to show the type of football we're playing at the moment. Yeah. Because you don't really want your centre-backs getting man of the match. Um, I think Staunton... Would you I keep him in the back? I don't think we have a choice. Okay. Um, unless we sign Maldini. <laughs> we, yeah, we could have a chance of him. <laughs> unless, unless Skivo comes in. Um, yeah, I think Staunton has to start at the back. Uh, I think one of the, just on that, one of the things that, you know, was a pretty... Um, said it all yesterday was there were times where Josh Staunton was running past the centre midfield to try and make things happen further up the pitch. And I think when your centre-backs doing that, it says a lot about what you've got um, in those positions. Uh, I think Staunton, I think Charlie Wakefield did well when he came on. Um, I think probably Dion Pereira should get another shot. It's hard to know what I I honestly don't think he'll make that many changes. I'm not asking I'm not asking what you think he's I was listening it's a separate question. What changes <laughs> are you making? Uh the manager? No nope. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah the manager. That's what changed him. <laughs> oh God he's opened the door. Oh can of worms. No, worms no. everywhere. <laughs> There's worms, worms. worms everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd bring in Barnett. Yep. I'd bring in Bradley so that we've got that fullback that might try and get forward. In place of Moss? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Because Give then... Us 11. Give us 11. Come on, then, okay, Smith, Bradley, Staunton, Hunt and Barnett. Partly because then you've got a back five who are contracted to the club that you need to get playing together and have a relationship with each other, have a solid back five that are yours. Um, Something which we were crying out for last season, by the way. Yeah. And we've got that. We've got that on the books. Um, I think I'd go Wakefield. 4-4-2 this, or are we going 2 Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we've got the quality centrally to... Without Staunton in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I go, I don't know what to do with Gorman and Worthington are the same player. Okay. Yesterday, Worthington was, was, where's my fullback and give it to the fullback all day. Well, that's fine. Uh, if you've got fullbacks that are doing fullback things, that's fine. Sideways and backwards, which, you know, we, I say it every week how we need Ed Upson. Yeah. We need that midfielder. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the sim. I want to see Simper, but I don't think we're ever going to see him. I think the only game I'm going to see Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Lewis Simper play for Yeovil is Taunton Town away in a um, pre-season friendly. I don't think he'll be back. Um, is this you getting round to putting Mitch Rose in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, yeah but I don't think he gives us anything he, nah. he, we haven't got a centre midfielder who'll give us anything going forward so, right, then, so then let's I'm put thinking, Ed Upson in there then, then I'm thinking, <laughs> Ed Upson's there Paolo Maldini's at the back right okay <laughs> fine 
So I'm thinking Wakefield and it just sounds like the same as what Darren Sarr's done already, really. But I think we need Knowles or Dion Pereira in behind Seymour. Oh. On his own up front? I think we need to try Seymour or Yusuf up front and not and just give quickly a You still break. haven't finished off your midfield yet. Don't worry about who's up front. Well, the midfield is going to be the ginger duo and yeah, Wakefield, ginger duo, either Knowles or Dion Pereira on the left or Knowles and Dion Pereira behind. Let's go. Let's go. Dion Pereira, Pereira behind Seymour. Wow. Okay. Because we need, we're, we're shite going forward. We need to change it going forward. And that is, yeah. that is two new players who are fresh into the group who we haven't seen a lot of. Seymour runs and runs and runs. He chases everything down. He's, he's not Paddy Madden, but he, He's that type of Gary Johnson striker who chases things down all the all the game, which you know I think is important to have when you've got centre backs who can just stroll around and knock it around how they like, which is what Notts County did, which is what Chesterfield did. Um, yeah, that's my that's the changes I think I make. Fair enough. How many of them did you have then, Ben? Well, I I am I'm taking Staunton out of the defence. He's got to come out. He's got Who to go back in. in? I'm, I'm putting Dyer in there. If, if he's the only one we've got, I'd rather have the umming and ahhing, I don't know what to do, I'm not really sure what we've got, who's this, who's that, conversation that Ian's just had about centre midfield. I'm, I'm having that same conversation, but I'm having it at centre back. And I'm just putting Dyer in there. Putting Dyer in there alongside Hunt. And I'm going to keep the rest. I agree with you. Smith, Bradley, Hunt, Dyer, Barnett. I'm bringing Staunton and Gorman back together to allow everyone else that freedom. They're still playing holding roles. Staunton's going to spend as much time looking over his shoulder, chatting to his centre-backs as anything else. But he's just going to allow that freedom to keep those creative players quiet. And I, I feel really harsh, but I am going to take Worthington out. Not because he's done an awful lot wrong, but I want to get that partnership back to where it was against Halifax and against Stockport and get those two back together. So it's Smith, Brad, Dyer, Hunt, Barnett. And then I'm going to bring Keep Wakefield on. Phil and Grant in the middle, and then Pereira on the left. I'm I am going to bring Adi Yusuf in. I'm going to play Yusuf and Seymour up front. That's how I'm going to do it, and I'm going to I'm just going to tell Wakefield, Pereira, <laughs> Yusuf, and Seymour just go be a front four. Be a, get get out their fullbacks. Yeah. Tell them it's okay. Don't worry about the defense because we've got Barnett and Bradley who are perfectly adequate at doing what they can do and can get forward, and can help. And then you've got Phil and Grant just marshalling and organising and playing the role of almost quarterbacks and just dictating play and breaking stuff up and frustrating them. Get back to that that two in the middle, that block of four, big brutes, two horrible centre-backs, two horrible centre-midfielders, and just let everyone else kind of have freedom and go. Because that's what did it at Stockport. That's what frustrated Halifax to the point where the angry little black current said that we were going to bully them. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they were on about. Yesterday... We got bullied. <laughs> it's time for us to start bullying some people again. Because um, this is going to be we didn't, easy. We didn't really get bullied, to be honest with you. <laughs> we didn't get near them to be bullied. We just handed over <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the the lunch money. We yeah. didn't even, they didn't even have to wedgie us or 
peanut the tie for them to get it. <laughs> and that's that's the frustrating thing for me is that we haven't put up a fight that we were so good at. We were so flipping good. I'm not going to swear, <laughs> otherwise you have to press the button. Um, at Stockport, Stockport yeah. weren't expecting us to rock up there and play a front four and get at them from minute one. It was arrogant of us. It was brilliant. I loved it. And then to not be able to back that up in any way, shape, or form for a, against a team that was there for the taking. That's horrendous. And, and now, now you have to do it against a side in decent nick in Altrium. Not scouting, yeah. we're in horrible nick. Altrium are in pretty good nick. <laughs> They're like a place outside the playoffs. They are third in the form table, I think. Um, yeah, but one four, lost one of the last five, scored 12 goals, conceded six. They're in pretty decent form. They have conceded a few goals recently. Um, Grimsby put three past them, Dagenham put a couple past them, but they've gone to Altrincham and thrashed them. They beat Dagenham in that game. They did score a couple themselves against Grimsby and they kept a clean sheet against Maidenhead yesterday. I mean, that, that ain't going to be easy, but you've you've given up the wiggle room. If you, we'd have beaten Maidenhead um, and then beaten that, that lot yesterday, it doesn't matter if we draw against Altrincham tomorrow night. It doesn't matter at all. Now it matters. Now you got to beat them. <laughs> So we've got to have a go at him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. This little, this little, this little run of four games is now a little run of two games. Talk about runs of one. You've got two pretty big runs of one coming up. Yeah. Next. The manager doesn't believe in runs, but he's <laughs> on one now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If he doesn't believe in one long poor run of form, in that case, he's got four really short runs of poor form at the moment. Yeah. So, fine. I don't care how he looks at it, but needs to address it because, yeah, he's got two pretty big runs on the gun on the on the way to go. Altrincham and then Weymouth. It would get pretty sour if we don't beat Altrincham and then dumped out the cup by the uh, the seagull botherers. You know, Sat- Saturday looks. We'll see what happens on Tuesday, but if Saturday went wrong, it I genuinely believe it it could get nasty. It will not. It will be the type of game where one of those you had to, you had to be there to see it. Like car crash, ugly, can't take your eyes off it. Bad. Which I don't want that. Nope. (laughs) None of us. None of us want that. And I think you know, there's a, there's a overarching picture here in that you've got an owner who wasn't at the game again. You've got a whole situation at the club where things are happening. No one's saying what, you know, no one's able to say where they are, what the situation is. And as a result of that, fans are going to get grounds knowing that something's going on. Why is the owner not there? The manager has evidently got no money. Nothing is going to change while current owner is there because why is he going to get rid of his mate he's not there's i think the burger van the pumps were broken on the burger van yesterday so it was back to cans cans and a, a cheeseburger for a fiver which I've heard, which i've heard were not, were not to the standard of a boar and wood burger which, which we gave good. a three out of seven yeah <laughs> there's um yeah, there's there's a, a cloud hanging over the club and I, I'd sort of fear the worst if 
something doesn't happen and for whatever reason there isn't change, we will be in big trouble because we've got a club bought with a loan held against its assets. We're funded by Sport England and there's no evidence to suggest otherwise, is there? There's, there's no, we've got no evidence that there's anything being put into the club. And it is, you know, if, if, you know, if the deal, if a deal doesn't get done and parties walk away, we are fine. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. I said it. You can say you've got to yeah. press the button now to say there's naughty language in there. Yeah. I could have sworn earlier and it would have been fine. Yeah, I think, have. I think when, well, we, we weren't all together when Priestnell came in, was it? But I, I think at the time we probably all thought, well, I, I used to say to people, nothing changes till everything changes with John Fry and Norman Haywood. So everything had to change. Now, when you look at it on the face of it, when John Fry and Norman Haywood left, every, quite a lot did actually change. We changed the owner. Um, the owner came in with, you know, big promises of what he was going to do. We changed the manager. We'd, we'd already changed that kind of before he, he arrived. And we basically changed the entire team, didn't we? And we brought in a team, which I think Darren Sell talked about that team in the first season as being one to get you straight back up again. That's what it was built for. Um, so we did probably change everything. But in reality, we changed, with the exception of the team and the way that the team played, we changed nothing. Because off the pitch, we're in exactly the same position as we were when John Fry and Norman Haywood. In fact, that I will actually change that slightly because at least Norman Haywood wrote a cheque. Yeah. Say what you like about Norman Haywood. And I, I would say, you know, the Fry Haywood um, combination, I see a very similar pattern with um, with Priest Norman Collis. One's a front man, one's, well, maybe behind the scenes, but so far behind the scenes, I don't even know where he is, hidden under a rock somewhere. But the, the reason that he's not there is that he simply doesn't care. He doesn't care. And, and, and for all the, you know, he came out before the season with the manager promising this and that, promising a better match day experience. It's, um, it's, it's saddled us with a load of debt. Um, I, not seeing real evidence that he's put a penny of his own money in. He doesn't turn up to games. There's no um, improvement in the match day experience and we sign a load of kids. So nothing's changed, is it? Nothing's changed on it. And on the pitch, we are, you know, you described it just now. Uh, that performance was as daring way as, as we've been. We're mouth without teeth. So there's some things that have changed, but really nothing's changed from where we were. You go, you go back to the mid 2000s when we split everything up and the only reason the the only reason the club was bought in my view was for that acreage around the outside of it yeah until someone buys a football club because they want a football club yeah what yeah. what do we do I mean, I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to business or planning or any of that kind of stuff. But the, if, um, the idea of splitting the assets was was always going to be a dangerous one for exactly the reasons that, that, that we've spoken about. I At the time, I could see a logic behind doing it in as much as if it gave you the ability to develop and it gave you the ability to develop something that could then benefit the club, you know, 
build a facility outside which generates a regular income. Uh, Hugh was speaking when he was on about the Saddlers Club at, at, at Walsall, which I think yeah. Ben and I have been in, or you've probably been there as well, Ian. That you know, fantastic club that draws in money for the now if. The, the, that was how it was sold to us, wasn't it? The splitting the assets was the idea that you could do these kind of uh, th- these kind of things. That if that is still what the you know, if that is still the intention, then I absolutely agree that developing around Hewish Park is a good thing if that money goes into the club. But again, I've not seen anything that suggests anybody wants to put anything into this club except for fans who pay. Fifty thousand pound into a crowd funder, and okay. go on. I was just going to say, and at least a bit of a Fry and Hayward defence there. Here, at least with them, Fry was a Yeovil Town fan. Yeah, and maybe the club wasn't. Maybe the club wasn't the toppy toppest of their priorities, but there Top. was. There was <laughs> the some sort of. Uh, there was a connection. I felt, there, I felt there? There a... you'd feel more confident that that money would go into the club because they were there. Yeah. But now uh, you've got two: one from Newquay, one from uh, Chesterfield, Turkey. I don't right. know. Um, who? <laughs> they don't give a shit about Town. They don't. The thing I always said about John Fry and having known him from, from well, having remembered him from his, his earliest days, his heart was always in the right place. I absolutely 100% believe that his heart was always in the right place. He always wanted and did what he thought in his head was best for that football club. Now, his decisions, well, you know, will be judged by history, won't they? Um, but, and I think particularly towards the end, he surrounded himself with people who told him he was doing the right thing, um, even if he actually if he actually wasn't. I 100% believe John Fry's heart was always in Yeovil Town. As you said, he was, a, he was a supporter and he wouldn't have stuck around as long as he did without it. I don't believe that's the case anymore. We've got nobody on that. And you look at our directors, the two individuals that you've just mentioned there, I, I don't think either of them care. And that makes me think, what do they care about? I mean, one of them might care, but he's got no stroke, say, no. power to do anything. I wouldn't even call him a puppet. <laughs> no. Okay, right, hang on then. I feel like we've gone on a bit of a tangent there. And yeah. we're absolutely to right to moan about what's happening and what's gone before and look back on anything. But it doesn't change the fact that come Tuesday night, Ian, you're going to have to wander up to Hewish Park, okay? And watch, the, and watch that team again in a massive, massive game. So, question for you then. What has to happen in the next 48 hours by the time this goes out on Monday morning? What on Monday is going to happen that renders this conversation out of date? What can somebody within the club say do what can what what hap happens what happens immediately what immediate fixes can take place that mean because we've got to we, we have got to look forward we have got to look forward you can't keep looking back we can't it's gone so what has to happen who has to say what statements do we want what how do you get to Hewish Park with a bit of a bounce in your step genuine question um a public statement of intent from, from... The, the parties involved in discussions. Okay, okay fine. Okay. 
that's well, that's a good one. Where's the owner? Where's the owner in all of this? We Is that what you're looking about... for, Dave? You, you, yeah, well, you well, he's got to come out and say something. He came out before the season promising this, that and the other. And then he's done exactly what he did last season and he's disappeared. He's disappeared uh, and with, with, with no evidence to back up anything that he's doing. It's all just words, isn't it? It's just it's dream topping. It looks pretty on the outside, but it's got no substance to it. OK, then. OK, then they're the words. Physically, then. Physically. What needs to happen? Do you need to rock up and the bars be fixed? You need a match day experience that's better. I'm thinking about practical things that somebody, because there is still good people there. Pat Custard is still helping out for all of her sins. She's a legend. She's there working her ass off. Yeah, but and volunteers. you've got good people like, well, not even just the volunteers. You've got Sam there. You've got Mark in the media team and the commercial team that have done good stuff. Yeah, what can they physically do? Without, without, there's no leadership. Without any yeah. invest, without any investment. Can't, you can't from the top, make, doesn't it? You can't make the changes that need to be made. Good because... people are getting screwed over time and time again. Yeah. <sighs> Should we go in the questions? Because I think some of these questions probably um do, yeah, do probably do, 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 yeah, I, just, do I just I just I just wanted to shout out the fact that there are good people there. We're right to moan, we're right to ask questions, but let's not forever lose the point that there are good people who do have YTFC at their heart. At the who club, are, who, who are working are, their ass off in yeah. ridiculous circumstances, and there have been others. You talk about Nick Crittenden, the most positive man in the world. He <laughs> used to be on the inside, and he was having a moan himself yesterday on air. They're yeah. working that, that unheard they're, of. They're all working with their hands tied behind their back. Yeah, the manager is as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do agree with that. Well, okay then. So that um, that that brings us on to one probably our most controversial question. Because just <laughs> looking through these questions, I I think we probably answered a lot of them whilst we've been discussing by luck or judgment. Um, one from Archie Morris eighty seven. Sal out question mark. Not yet. But these are two massive games. No points out in the FA Cup. I'm not sure it's salvageable. No. Not sure it's salvageable. It is salvageable because of what we've seen, because of what team he did put together at Stockport, of the tactics he did put together. He has got that there, and he has been hampered by by a few bits and pieces. It's not easy to lose Wilkinson, Reed, and, and Little. That's not easy, and I appreciate that. But without without two of them, he put together Stockport and got my man of the match. <laughs> so, devil's advocate, to... we should not have signed Mark Little and Ruben Reed. That's that's not that's not for today though. That's not that's not for that question, is it? No. That's not for that question. He's put together a side that beat Halifax and dismantled Stockport. He needs to find whatever he did to motivate those lads to go and give that performance again. And he's got to go and beat Altrincham and Weymouth with that same vigour and enthusiasm. If he doesn't on either, it's not a million miles away. It feels like it's going to get nasty very very quick, and it ain't getting easier. We've got Solly Holland Grimsby away to come. I think not easy. Being at the game yesterday, I think the tide has turned. Because I'm a screw fix stand sitter. And that's, you know, normally that's the stand which holds its tongue. <laughs> when that one goes. <laughs> and yesterday, you know, yesterday there, there was enough shouts around that, you know, suggest to me that the fans are <clears throat> the fans are on their way. Yeah. They're, they're... I, I was gonna say the clock is ticking, isn't it? 
yeah, I think the clock has started. And and and, and I do agree. And we, we said it all last season. Last season was just, well, we'll just forget about what last season was. The season before, certainly the first half of it, I think we saw what Darren Sale could do with the with the players that, that he had then. I without those players, um, and all of this crap about we all wanted a younger team. I I, I that like I say, that that is the not beating around the bush, we've got no money. Um uh, justification, I think, but I, I think he probably deserved some time um, based on on that and what what he could do. But the clock is definitely ticking, and I do think lose those next two, and you're not going to be able to yeah lose to Weymouth. Yeah, but let's get this clear: he's not going to go anywhere because he's not going to. No one's going to make a decision. There's no, no one there. No one is there to make a decision. Nothing changes till everything changes. No. And um, yeah, I just, I'm, I don't think he can get it back, which is amazing to say, you know, when we went into Boreham Wood mm-hmm. just two weeks ago, was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How the picture has changed. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I think <laughs> I don't want to put it all on one signing and one moment, but the signing of Mitch Rose feels like a moment that has sort of shifted everything. On the face of it, you could say that, couldn't you? Yeah. But I because mean, we're not behind be, the scenes, so no, we don't know that that's the case. But We're not, but the, the booze on Tuesday night or the the lack of response on Tuesday night when his, you know, everybody welcome Mitros and nothing. Crickets. To the post-match question and answer. To booze yesterday. And there's a couple of... They were loud. I heard them on the radio. There's a couple of things on... There's a couple of things on social about interactions with him after the match as well. And I don't know. I mean, I feel sorry. I, I sort of feel sorry for the bloke because, you know, he's just signed for a football club and is there to play football. But the context around the club, the mentality, and what is, you know, the results on the pitch since his signing, it just looks like a a, a moment that has changed the direction of fan sentiment and if you get rid of mitch rose that ain't gonna change it is it i don't think now no because i'm afraid to say he's the the, damage is done the the post-match interview has he sort of made his bed and he's got a lie in it now yeah 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 he didn't get that one right he had he didn't get that one right at all the whole you you two have chatted about it. It's a couple of podcasts that I've missed where you two have gone into it significantly, but I've missed them both, unfortunately. But I think you guys have said everything you need to say. Um, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing about that signing. I didn't think it was needed. Didn't think it was needed. Other players have had to miss out on time on the pitch or in the squads. What's Toby Stevens thinking? That could have been him in there. What's Alex Bradley thinking? That could have been him in the, on that bench yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, isn't you know players that haven't battered a woman. Yeah, I'm not. I, I I I don't want him anywhere near the football club. And the manager has not made a great effort of trying to justify his position. He's here to add leadership because Luke Wilkinson isn't in the team. What? 
No, that's not how yeah. it works. Is that is that the type of leader you want in your yeah. football club? Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair, I've been really pleased with the type of buzzword character that Darren Sal has brought in for the vast majority of times. But if he wants to talk about Mitch Rose's character, I'm fully aware of his character. A judge of the law of the land told me about his character. I don't need to know anymore. He's got that character wrong, and I don't want him anywhere near my football club. So the question was Sal out? No, not yet, <laughs> not yet. But he's got he's got 180 minutes. Basically, to, Coach, to... have you answered it? Uh, I said the, the 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 clock is ticking on oh, him, okay. and and, it, and he's probably got yeah these t- these two matches, and there's 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 no way back. Can so I? No, ask you, you you haven't you haven't answered it then. Huh? You haven't answered it then. Well, he, he ain't he ain't got long. I, I feel like, it's I not feel like... out now. If you're saying, do we sack him Monday morning? Then no, we don't sack him Monday. Morning. If a takeover went right. through on Monday morning, I'd ha- I'd have a new yeah. manager in. Yeah, well, that that that's a yeah. big if, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. If so, I think that probably means I'm sorry. Yeah, out but because yeah, but, but, but that 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 means that means a com- uh, completely whole new um, scenario around the club, doesn't it? Because all this talk about uh, you know what the, uh, the owners' uh, commitments and plans and future and and all the rest of it are, and any money that this you know any new group has got, then that that completely changes everything, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Okay. If I win the lottery, if I win the lottery, no, you don't have a lottery on Sunday, do you? If I win the American <laughs> Thunderball or whatever it's called, then uh, yeah, I'll 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 put it in and I'll give you a new manager as well. Here's a question. Go on. Have Skivo take over? No, nothing changes till everything changes. Okay. I'll keep saying it. And yeah. uh, and to be fair, he uh, Skivo is the only person. To the well, actually, so what are you saying? You're saying take over permanently. Well, if if the manager was to go, yeah, and Skivo was to not permanently, but just you know, yeah. say say yeah. say Priestnell does make a decision and says, yeah. right, that's it," yeah, and puts Skivo in charge. So I'll tell you what, I I I I, I he's not the right man permanently, but. If there was someone that I would want to lead us into an FA Cup game against Weymouth, yeah, he would be the man. He would be the man. And and that's proven by the fact, was it down there or at our place? He gave the rallying cry, didn't he? I remember yeah. Josh Staunton talking about it. He would be the man. He, But, but long term. No, no, absolutely yeah. not long term. But yeah, I think you've got that. Yeah. So You've there got... are a lot of ifs in that question. If this happens, if that happens, and if the other happens. But if, yeah. if Terry Skiverton was leading us into Weymouth in the FA Cup, I'd 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 be all right with that. I think we've answered all the other questions, you know, and I can't even pronounce Hugh's questions. So can I I'll try, shall I? And see and see <laughs> see what you think of this. This is a good way to finish. It says Judge me slash us after 10 games is a much used phrase by Gary Johnson, among others. One week to go, ninth, uh, ninth, oh, well, this will be ninth place, Ulti on uh, Tuesday. Ninth, ninth game. Oh, Ulti. ninth game, Ulti on Tuesday and 10th game. <laughs> a certain <laughs> seaside team on Saturday. How much, SH? You can say it. How much shit in, well, this is something I can't say. How much shit in the post-Brexit Advoir-Dupois measuring method does the panel, that's us, think (laughs) will hit the fan 
if we lose versus Portland North. But I think he said how much shit's going to hit the fan if we lose to Weymouth. <laughs> I think we probably said that a lot. I've still no idea what Advoir de Poix means, but must well, be just, some kind of unit of measurement, I think. I feel like this question sort of goes into the wake me up when October starts. Oh, question now. from Thursday. <laughs> that is a way to finish. Come on then, Ben. You've had since Thursday so, to think about this one. So I did, and I'm quite happy to stand by the fact to say, you know... Talk into your mic, Ben. Talk into yeah. your mic. I yeah. was quite happy to play that card at the start of the season and <laughs> wake, me, wake me up to the negativity when September ends. September's come to an end, and we're not... I mean, we're just below mid-table. Yeah. But we are three games behind others. And as you all know, we are going to win all of our three games in hand. Um, <laughs> away at Wrexham and away at Chesterfield. Yeah. yeah. There are a few teams, I think, who are going to start rolling dice soon. South End have rolled their dice. Phil Brown's gone. And I look at others around, I think Torquay, they're going to be thinking they'd probably prefer to be a little bit higher than they are currently, but they have hit sort of questionable patches. But for the vast majority, Kings Lynn are towards the bottom, Wilson are towards the bottom, the Seagull Botherers are towards the bottom, um, Dover are obviously at the bottom, and the teams that we kind of thought about towards the top, we knew Grimsby were going to be in there, Halifax, Chesterfield, good teams, Solihull towards the top, Notts County getting going a little bit, Wrexham probably been a little bit disappointing, but that's because everyone wants to beat Wrexham because it's hilarious. Are we in a position where, I mean, we're closer to your two predictions than mine, probably. At, at this point one place below my prediction at the moment yeah the the gap to Altrincham is eight points and we have just the one game on them and i that that's that's the that's the um that's the disappointment for me so when we play them if we beat them we still only five points behind them and they're a team that i think would be in the same sort of boat as us as saying if we have a good crack at it and get a bit of luck and all the rest of it we can sneak in seventh eighth place here and I look at other teams, Eastleigh would be one of those teams, Woking would be one of those teams where they're kind of thinking, if things go our way and we get a good run of it, we can sneak in. And I thought we were going to be at the top end of that, that bunch in behind your big 7-8. And we haven't really shown it so far. Um, we've shown it in glimpses. I, 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 all I hope is that Stockport wasn't the... I hope that Stockport... season. <laughs> no, I, I hope it wasn't the... I hope it was the... the, the what am I trying to say? I'm as hoping it gets, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping it's the norm. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. That was a genuine pleasure to watch. I have felt I felt so good after watching that game. And off the back of that gritty, horrible, bullying Halifax win, that was like, okay, this is this is a Yeovil I can get behind. And we've covered it a lot, haven't we? How something's clearly changed. A couple of injuries, a couple of uh, players getting moved around and a couple of signings sort of to try and bolster some ranks um, have been disappointing. So at the moment, instead of being top of that extra little group, we're at the bottom of it. Um, and if the next couple of games don't go right, yeah, you guys will probably be able to put egg on my face as a result of it. So September is over and I've hit the snooze button for two more games. <laughs> Wake him up! When, wake him up when October ends. Yeah, I knew that was a lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's 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 dodging that's dodging the question really quite well, though, isn't it? <laughs> but I think the overriding feeling is, 
let's not underestimate how big these next two games are. Because to go on a four-game home streak and pull up nothing as a result of it, to come out of this four-game home streak without even scoring a goal would be horrendous. Let's get that absolutely spot on. It would be, yeah, and that yeah, almost, yeah, even I would, I would turn then. Easy as that. Easy as that. <laughs> it, well, it is. Yeah. You can't not score against 10-man Maidenhead. You can't not score against Notts County side who have conceded seven in two and don't know whether they're coming or going. And then expect to back that up without landing a punch on either Altrium or, or Weymouth. So massive, massive week. Huge week. Yeah. A very, very big week. Massive. Something, something has to give. Yep. Massive. Right, guys. <laughs> Finish with the word massive. <laughs> All I'll say is go well this week, lads. It could be anything. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.